I'm Alex Coughlin of New Japan Pro Wrestling and the captain of the LA Dojo. You're listening to Wrestle In. Hey everyone, welcome to Wrestling's All Elite Listening Podcast, where we're all in on AEW. I'm Alex, one of AEL's co-hosts, and joining me today is Libby and Steve. Hiya! Hiya! Okay, I'm so Libby, from... not Steve, just to put it yeah. out there. <laughs> just to be clear, yeah. <laughs> and I'm Steve. I've uh, got quite a lot to talk about, so I guess we'll start with um, Colt Cabana's return versus Jericho the other day. Yeah, what a feel-good like moment. Super emotional. I I generally wasn't sure who he was going to be the person to, to come out to his open challenge. Maybe someone like Adam Cole would return, but like not in this environment. I, I definitely wasn't expecting Colt to come back. I actually yeah. was considering like Nigel McGuinness. Oh, because yeah. because he's because he's just been released by NXT. And um like I guess that's kind of the status that Colt Cabana was in, that someone that retired through a severe concussion was farther up my list than Colt Cabana. Oh my um, god. I mean, he hasn't been cleared, right? There's no there's he as far as we understand, <laughs> he can't wrestle again. I don't think so. No, oh really? But I don't think he. I don't think he can. So, I, I, but I guess we don't know. Like I was kind mm. of. Hoping, um, I mean, I was. I seen a lot of speculation about McGuinness potentially being on the show, but I was kind of always hoping that that was going to be for commentary because he is excellent on commentary. Oh but, yeah, um, for sure. He's got that but, energy, you know. He does. Yeah, I was expecting it to be a former tag team or. TV or pure champion just because Jericho made a point of saying it was any kind of champion from Ring of Honor. Yeah. So I wasn't expecting Adam Cole, but I was expecting, you know, well, Chris Hero was one that came to mind originally. That would have been amazing. I would have screamed because <laughs> yeah, I miss him. I miss yeah. him so much. Is he still active? I have no idea. I haven't really seen anything of him. I've seen him like sort of pop up on Twitter a few times, but I'm unsure if he's out there wrestling right now or not. But I miss no. watching him. Yeah, I haven't heard of him wrestle for a while, but yeah, it was a great surprise to see Colt. I must admit, I'm a big fan of Colt, and uh, it was a unexpected but a pleasant surprise to see him back. It was just and, a really uh, nice moment, though. Like, you know, when he yeah. came out and he was soaking in that, like, what was actually quite a rapturous, like, pop. Like, it was clearly got to him, and he was, like, um, <laughs> nearly breaking down and it was really really wholesome to see that yeah I mean the match was uh, you, you could see that was like Colt came out with a lot of intensity because of that and that was like really really great to see but also like that was that spot at the top where like Jericho like fell off his shoulders I was just like I was like oh my god I was just like oh my like and that was quite a messy moment that had me a bit nervous and and the match was fine but I think it 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 stood for so much more you know like just the emotion the emotional torrent that the Colt Cabana came out with the yeah the sort of change it it states in the locker room you know, everyone pulled for Colt supposedly when he was, you know, the contract was ending and it wasn't going to be renewed. And then he sort of got the the story was he got contracted to Ring of Honor, but nobody ever saw him. Nobody knew what was going on. So it feels like a real sign of of moving forward. Just Colt 
being there you know the match was, yeah. was the match but there's there's a lot more i feel like implication and awareness by uh, making this choice to have Colt show up yeah the implications behind that like i'm sure tony khan was fully aware of what is going to be said um in the week follow following mm-hmm. at the you know the kind of almost announcement that punk is done with aw and in that same week, Colt Cabana returns after yeah. the thing that triggered the whole episode with um, the implication being that Punk cost Colt Cabana his job. Like, they must have been aware that that is how it was going to look and kind mm. of be a little bit like, okay, we're moving on from Punk now. And this is kind of a hard reset almost. Yeah, and like I'm a message to the locker room almost you know yeah if you maybe you don't know the the debate of like the casual fan i think is always super interesting because i i generally don't think there's really like casual fans of wrestling you either like watching it or you're you're channel surfing and at which you you're not a fan you're just a viewer but if you were a viewer and, and you didn't know what was going on like this wouldn't ring very emotional to you. It's very much no. for the people who are watching and, and for the people who are in that company um, more than anything, I feel. Yeah, yeah, the announcers didn't really sell it, did they, in terms of explaining any of the story of why his return was such a big deal? Yeah, I guess they can't. <laughs> well, they probably can't for legal reasons still, but yeah. yeah. not Mark Hardy. Oh yeah, yeah. Matt Hardy's like the the Lady Gaga meme, right? If there was uh, no known people in the room, Matt Hardy would be the one person who would believe in the elite. <laughs> he's like, he's always he's always there, ready to talk and supporting them. Bless him. He is. Um, that <laughs> I like that he clarified the statement uh, the other day. He was like, "Oh no, I didn't see the fight. It's just I've been there the whole time, seeing everything unfold." <laughs> His wife uh, tweeted her after. He's like, oh, um, I wasn't misunderstood. Just let's be clear. Fuck CM Punk. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. I didn't see that. That's no, incredible. I didn't see that. But she always uh, has a interesting and provocative comment, doesn't she? You know? Yeah. She, does, she doesn't have much nuance, doesn't Revy? No. no. But good for her because she knows it and she runs with it. You know, she knows who she is, uh, which, you know, you do, you do you. Um, how, how do you guys feel about CM Punk, you know, n- not being there anymore? I think it's sad. Mm. Um, not, um, it's sad that his run's over. It's sad that, like, how it happened because when he returned, it was one of the most, emotional moments that I think I've ever seen in wrestling. Yeah. And there is nobody else that could have done or returned in the way that CM Punk could return. Like, I know that Shibata was a really emotional return, but it was a different Mm. kind of return. It was a little bit like Daniel Bryan and um, I guess now Surya. But um, there's very few people that have ever had a connection with the fans in the way that CM Punk did and for it to end in the way that it has, basically for him to annihilate that that relationship with the fan base that brought him back to wrestling whilst almost 
getting the fans to say, no, actually, fuck you, you were you weren't here first. We you know we stand by the elite kind of thing. Mm. It's just a shame. Yeah, yeah, I, I I agree. It was such an emotional return. I remember jumping up and down when I watched it. I remember buying the T-shirt immediately <laughs> afterwards. And uh, it was just like seven years of frustration had mm. just been wiped away. And it just felt like a bit like CM Punk was the man of the people. He was fighting against the evil corporation. And, uh, yeah, he's now become the problem, unfortunately. Yeah, it's interesting. It's It's kind of like the... You know everything that happened, like backstage in WWE, and and everyone was so pro punk and anti Hunter, but as this kind of like you know, man versus the establishment kind of you know real life feel, and now it's kind of like maybe Hunter had some good points. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe maybe CM Punk is also the establishment. He's just a different type of establishment he's not big business he's big ego and and that sucks because i you know personally like really i i love punk but i wasn't like that into it i wasn't watching wwe at the time when when punk was you know at his height there um but i was thrilled to have him come into AEW and I also was really I was very excited for the the elite uh, for him to have because they they did a live stream years ago where they were like asked if you could have any wrestler like come back who would it be and the young bucks were like CM Punk it would 100% be CM Punk we text him all the time like please come back to wrestling and lo and behold this is how everything kind of turned out in the end it's kind of tragic and there was so much good there and the stuff he did with CM Punk, that dog collar match is so good. Like Yeah, when he used oh, Ring of good. Honor music. That was yeah. like one of AEW's best ever entrances. Like it's that... probably up there, you know, when with the um the hangman page and the Dark Order entrance yeah. for the um was it the eight man tag match? Yeah. I don't know if oh. you guys know. I was I was there for that match. I, I flew out oh, to America. Yeah. Oh really? Uh, they cut to me in the match. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. They're like, look at the look how I think they're like, look at the anxiety on the fans' faces, and it cuts to me and my friend. <laughs> <laughs> it's I'd so love to crazy. go to any AEW show. Oh, it was incredible, and like that that revolution was like so special. Um, like I think one of the best sort of non Kenny pay per views that they had. Yeah. Um, and oh. and that was really like what a what a momentous time for CM Punk because like that dog collar match is what kind of propelled him then into the main title scene, and like what could have been something really special in in a uh, CM Punk championship reign was just pure disaster. <laughs> soon as he got there the belt is cursed the the belt is cursed apart from mox maybe mox is the only person who isn't cursed by the AEW belt um and he was fairly installed on with the belt yes um, unfortunately he was physically like cr- crumbled inside maybe it's um like it maybe it's like mjolnir CM Punk wasn't worthy to hold wasn't the belt. Wasn't worthy to hold the belt. He wasn't worthy to do a buckshot lariat as well, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> that clearly turned on him as well. 
yeah, it sucks. I thought that was um. I, it wasn't until I watched that match a second time. I thought that was just storytelling. Yeah, but so did I. Oh, yeah, I, I, I. But it turns out he'd hurt his foot. Like that. Like that was like he couldn't do it because his foot. And then the second time he tried to do it, his he just fucked his foot even further. So <laughs> it's just like oh yeah, um, yeah. I I yeah, it sucks. And I think Sam Punk only really has himself to blame. In all of he this. does, yeah. But when you look back at his year in AEW, there's lots of great memories. You know, the MJF yeah. was obviously the the main one. But you look back at his matches with Darby Allen, Eddie Kingston, had some really good matches. Oh yeah, the Eddie stuff was really, really great. It's just, yeah. you know, he's got to go. <laughs> he's got to go. <laughs> he's got to go. That all the leaks and stuff like that just it just wasn't AEW before. The discontent just like wasn't there. And then CM Punk joined, and now you can kind of like, as a you know, I don't know, I'm not part of it, I'm not the Sean Ross Saps, and everything should be taken with a grain of salt. But like, there was some dots and coincidences there where discontent and CM Punk was around, where things apparently just seemed to crumble backstage. Yeah, yeah. but he was trying to run a business. Oh. Mm, yeah. Or running business on other people. <laughs> <laughs> a lot, a lot was lost with CM Punk's run as well. As much as I enjoyed every moment where he was on screen, AW transitioned from long-term story booking to kind of match booking during that yeah. phase. It was only really the top stars that was given the opportunity to shine in stories beyond like a couple ma- matches had happened on dark and this is why this match is happening on dynamite yeah yeah it was um, very much like this is people if people saw these two names together they'll watch it rather than yeah. this is something that has a bit of juice and, and flavor to it and now there's 20 minutes of TV time every week that they've got back where they can do things that are more like the AEW that we first had. But, yeah. You know, um, I think that that's kind of shone through a little bit because, like, we'll get to it in a little bit later, but there's three women's matches that are being booked like actual stories. Yeah. Mm. And, like, while they're not all getting that 20 minutes um, that CM Punk used to have, that time seems to have been distributed towards like mid carders and um, the women's division so there's actual stories and there's plot points and there's like sort of well the, a lot of the women's stuff has been intertangled but it, we've also got Jade and Nyla as well and I think that while Punk brought a lot of eyes to AEW maybe his departure is better in the long term anyway yeah, and supposedly it wasn't as many eyes as as people would say. Apparently, the the data was oh, Tony. Tony loves his data. His little, little hands go <laughs> typing away at little spreadsheets. Um, supposedly, like the data and, and what people were saying about Punk weren't actually like you know didn't actually meet. He wasn't always the biggest seller. He wasn't always the biggest like person that people would would tune in for. So it's it's definitely opened up space, and I also really like. like I think Mox is is such a fan, bloody fantastic champion, and he doesn't need twenty minutes to do 
a, a promo. He is, he's short and sweet and, and so good at and knows who he is so well and still tells these stories. Like, I really enjoy that, that Mox's whole ethos is get to the point, say what you need to say, and then do what you need to do. Like, I think it, it moves the show along so much more uh, and it gives so much more momentum per everything that's going on in he also the, the championship scene. The crowd. Oh, uh, so much. Yeah, he has been incredible on the mic, hasn't he? And the yeah. last three months, he's really carried the company on his back. And uh, he has. yeah, I'd be interested to see what they do in terms of full gear coming up. But yeah. It has to be MJF, though, doesn't it? Oh, like, yeah. I thought this. I was like, it's going to happen. I was like, MJF is going to be champion. It's going to happen. They're going to they're gonna need to do this. But I sort of feel like perhaps it, it might not. And it might take a second time to do it. Or like the firm are going to interfere or something. Like it's it'd be very AW <laughs> of them for him not to get it on his first try, even with all this, this crowd momentum. Like I feel like they would even, they'd maybe want to build it even more and they're also kind of alluding stuff between him and, and ethan page like i feel like yeah that's where that that's going maybe yeah i think so and you know but you can equally see the scenario where you know it's all the ruse and the firm helps him win and you know them attacking him was all part of the plan yes I, uh... do, we, do we believe this this uh face turn for mjf because more than ever like he's even dropped like the the verbal low blows of like you look like x or blah 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 or this this town sucks like he hasn't even called anyone bud in two promo in two yeah promos. it's like do you and the crowd are you know insanely behind him but they are known to flip-flop like what they did with daniel garcia do we do we believe this can you ever believe that MJF is going to be good? No. No, I suspect bullshit is afoot. Uh, yeah. yeah. But... It's part of his character, isn't it, that he always teases, you know, when he was in his hometown, he'd, he'd sort of you know, comment about the sports team and get loads of cheers and then turn them and say they suck, you know. it's uh, You can see him just turning on the fans again at some point and you know, someone interfering to help him win the title. I am enjoying this, MJF. Not so much like the face turn, but just it feels fresh. Um, yeah. Like, it doesn't need to be a face. He could be, I guess, more like Mox, where he acts, and sometimes that just happens to be a good thing. Um, that's It's okay for him to be that character, but it's just nice to see him cutting a different promo every week, rather yeah. than um, calling 25 people bud and um, shitting on the fans and the sports team for 10 yeah. minutes. Yeah, I always felt like MJF had a certain, like if, if there, it had like a, a heartbeat, like an MJF promo, it'd, yes. be, it, it'd be like, or like some sort of graph, I guess. It would be like up, 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 just on terms of volume. <laughs> just pure, vo- for pure volume. It's just it's so going up and down and high and getting bigger and bigger. And then it takes uh, like an emotional dip and then it just goes super loud again and then just like low blow, low blow, blah, blah, blah. And it, and it worked, but it, it is repetitive and it is why some people, especially those who, you know, aren't regular sort of American wrestling 
watches, they really don't like MJF <laughs> because one, they're just they're not going to be bought into promos anyway, which is just fine. But two, it's such um, a performative yeah. um, style that that is so formulaic to, to MJF that people actually do want to see in person as well. Like people go to a show, they want to see MJF be M- MJF, but it does get repetitive and it does feel lacking in that creativity or, you know, watching week to week, it does kind of feel the the same tune a lot of the time. So it, it is, yeah, like you said, it's, it's interesting to see it change. His promos have been really, really fucking good. Like that um, interaction he had with Regal was absolutely outstanding. And it kind of like made me understand why Hollywood are kind of courting him a little bit because he can sell anything as though it's like genuine. Yeah, there's a really good backstory to that promo, wasn't there? You you could tell it's grounded in reality and just Regal's great on the mic anyway. And just the fire between the two of them was riveting TV. Yeah. I know that we say this about a lot of people, but why the fuck did WWE let Regal go? Wait, he can do everything. I know. I mean, he, he's like not- a notorious scout for them. Like, even, you know, before NXT existed, you know, he yeah. was the people who who were going into the ring to, to test stuff out. And, and it was, you know, Regal's job to, to bring them to management to be like, these are the right people. He's brought in so many incredibly important people and was doing so when they let him go. I, I think he said it. He was like trying to bring in Utah Garcia and somebody else. Yeah. When they were letting him go, they was in, in talks with them to bring, to bring him over sort of before that process where they were like, we're not going to be working with you anymore. Um, like it, it's really bizarre. It's, it's all these cuts. And I think WWE are now making more cuts. I've noticed they dropped a load of new NXT talent, like really young yeah. people. I think they're trying to free up money to buy out to buy CM Punk. I think. Yeah, you can see that happening around WrestleMania time. That they'll be making a bid for Punk, but yeah, yeah that would be sure. one of the funniest stories in wrestling history, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it just? But where else does he go? Where? What can he do? Like, no one I... else can pay him what he's being paid. That's he goes into be... acting, doesn't he, Ori? He goes to WWE and uh, well, yeah, yeah, that story from um, uh, Fightful the other day, um, saying that he's caught the wrestling bug again, so we can expect to see him elsewhere. Wow, uh, that could be Impact. You never know. Oh my God, Impact <laughs> do not have the money for CM Punk. They don't have the money for their own talent. I don't think wasn't it like Lady Frost wasn't paid for a really long time. Like yeah, like they wouldn't book her, so they wouldn't pay her. That's um, a sad thing that keeps happening at Impact and has been happening since Dixie Carter was in charge. It's, I have no idea how they're, how they're still around. I, uh, Impact is a, is a mystery in its, in its own. <laughs> I Nobody think we does. could never understand. Um, what, what do you guys think of, of the tournament? So we've got, we've got the brackets. So on Wednesday, we've got Eddie Kingston versus Ethan Page. Who do we pick? For a winner for that, they seem to be building Ethan, don't they? At the moment, normally you say Eddie would be the pick to win the whole tournament based upon yeah. star power in it, but 
you know, Ethan Page has got the firm behind him. You can see someone interfering and perhaps he'll advance. Yeah, you I think imagine Ethan Page has gone through in that one. Um, I can't imagine that there, it's going to be anything other than a screw finish. Yeah, because getting a win over Eddie is, is big. Like, he really doesn't take that many losses unless they're, like, emotionally important losses, like the stuff yeah. with Jericho or everything that happened with Mox before. Um, like, everything in a in a understanding of, like, a, a roster hierarchy of AEW, Eddie Kingston would beat Ethan Page. But the alluding to Ethan Page trying to get to MJF just feels like where that's going to go. I love Ethan Page, by the way. I'm such a big Ethan Page fan. It's, yeah, me too. It's just so exciting. Like, when it was, like, uh, him on commentary, Mox, and uh, Tiger Style in the ring, I was just like, oh! <laughs> that was, like, such a, a fun thing for me to watch. He's incredibly charismatic, and he's really good in the ring. Like, yeah. He should be getting a push. He's absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's well overdue. Uh, he really overshadowed uh, kind of Scorpio Sky in the end. He did, yeah. Um, he managed to shine in a feud that made nobody look good. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, he deserves everything that comes his way for the next year because he should be in the main event picture, at least for a bit, you know, get um, build him up a little bit, get him to the point where... Um, you know, he's on Hangman and everyone's level. So when he eventually challenges for the title, it's like a big thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Actually, I can see Lee Moriarty from that match coming in and being the one that gets Ethan Page the win for this, actually. Going off, yeah. off the back of that match with Mox. It kind of feels like it makes sense. Um, it does, yeah. And then on Friday, we got Bandido versus Roosh. What do we think? Yeah, two former Ring of Honor champions, so that's an interesting. Oh yeah, interesting matchup there. But yes, yeah, I mean Bandido has he officially signed now? I think so, hasn't he? Yeah, he well, has. supposedly him and Juice have signed. That's that's the tea. But we've nothing's been confirmed as of yet. Like openly, no, there's not been like an all elite graphic or anything. So it's a little bit like uh, yeah. He seemed to assign after the match with Jericho, but there's nothing official. And uh, yeah, you know he's an incredible talent. This this is going to be a very good match between the two of them because Roosh is great as well. But mm-hmm. who do you think, think wins? Roosh will get the victory, wouldn't you? Just because if Bandido isn't official, you know, hundred percent official, then Roosh has got quite a big build, hasn't he? In Andrade's absence, so you'd think you... Roosh perhaps. I would say Roosh. Yeah. Um... Interesting. I was just actually reading there, um, so I just Googled to see if Bandito is um, actually signed. Yeah. And the top two um, articles are from the Wrestle, Wrestling Observer. So on the 5th, it says Bandito is signed full-time with AW. Okay. And then on the 6th of October, on the Wrestling Observer, Bandito has not signed with AW. Well, brilliant. That's good, isn't it? That's good to know. Well, that's, one of those correct. That's yeah. Up. <laughs> Wrestling news, doesn't it? Perfect. I think if Bandido is signed, he's winning this because I think it's a good boost for him. But if he's not, I think Roosh is going through. And also, Roosh is a very tough competitor in the sense that, like, 
I feel, when I watch a Roosh match, like he will do everything to be in charge. He's like not to uh, not to not to say these words together, but he does control his narrative um, in the matches. I find so like his <laughs> like his dominance is is a thing that I think Bandido is going to have to sort of contest with in that match if he's winning. If that makes sense, I think it'll be a good match. A nice like, oh, yeah. clash of styles. Um, so long as we don't have to see Bandido put him in a suplex for a minute, that'll be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I fucking hate that move. Tolerate a lot of stuff with um, the suspension of disbelief in wrestling, but... <laughs> That's your life. <laughs> <laughs> 45 seconds is fine, but a minute's too long. And then on the other side of the bracket, so that would lead us to, I guess, an Ethan page Roosh, uh semi-final. And then on the other side of the bracket, we've got Lance Archer versus Ricky Starks. Who do you think's winning that one? I would vote Ricky Starks. Yeah, I think Ricky Starks. I'm, I'm surprised Lance Archer's in this tournament. There's one or two people like that in the tournament I'm a bit surprised about. And Lance is one of them. He's, he's, he's really great in terms of a big man dynamic, but I just don't think he's someone you can really believe will win the tournament and win the title. I think well, I think his it makes hasn't helped. Yeah. No. I think it makes Ricky look good being someone like Lance because he is a monster. Um and he has had I'm not sure how many, but he's he's been in the title picture even fleetingly. Um and some of the matches he I think the one I remember the one he had with Hangman I quite enjoyed. Um they had like a Dexus Dexus? Texas death match. I just smushed those words together. Um so it, I think it makes sense he's there, but I think he's mostly there to kind of propel Ricky. He's kind of like the like AEW's big show a little bit. Wait, mm. um, my first title fight, title defense. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, which he does really well. Just I don't know. Um, Lance Archer, and, Lance Archer in AEW is very different to Lance Archer in New Japan. Yeah, um, even when he went back for the G One, actually, it was quite disappointing. It's sort yeah. of the, he didn't capture that. That thing that made him so special before, maybe, maybe it will take, maybe it will come back. I hope it comes back because I loved his his US belt run over in New Japan. I would, I would love to see that that yeah, energy amazing. return. Yeah, I can't see Lance Archer winning this. Mm-hmm. No, I can't. But the only thing about Ricky Starks is after his loss against Powerhouse Hobbs that um, all out. It's just a bit strange that he he's suddenly. Him. Oh, he's in here. But he did beat him. Rampage or Clash of the Champ, Night of the Champions, or something like that. Uh, I honestly I think... like the Battle of the Battle of the Belts shows. I watch them and then I uh, blank them. They're gone from yeah. my memory instantly. They're so <laughs> they're such forgettable shows. And they're it... a little bit like the WWE Roadblock shows that they used to have before WrestleMania, where it's like, oh, this is cool matches, but ultimately they're unimportant. Yeah, like it should be important. Like it's all belt matches, but they're all super in- inconsequential, or we already know who's going to win. So it's has the title like... ch- ever changed hands on that? I no. think I, I think I had this discussion with someone once. I don't think it ever has. I think the champions have always retired. Somebody get go- somebody Google what, what, it. Wasn't there wasn't there not a title change when Cody had the uh, TNT title on one of them? Oh, maybe. Perhaps I gotta be real. I, I again, I I didn't retain much Cody TNT uh, lineage time in my in my brain matter. No, the 
No, I've tried to purge the Codyverse from my memory, to be honest. <laughs> He's doing great in WWE. I'm happy for him. He, he should go do his thing. Um, and then we've got Brian Cage and Dante Martin as the last uh, match sort of on that side of the bracket. I say the last, there's only two. Um, but I assume uh, this will be a Brian Cage win here over Dan- Dante Martin, maybe? I would assume so. Because then you've got the kind of rivalry match between Starks and Cage in the semi-final. Got the Team Taz history. Yeah, Yeah, and you've got the two... He's got to beat two big men to get in the final, and yeah, he'll be worn down by the time he gets in the final if he does. And uh, it sort of tells the story, doesn't it, of why he's not at hundred percent when facing Ethan, mm-hmm. assuming Ethan gets the other side. So we, so you, Ethan Roosh, what do we think? Who's winning? I'd imagine Ethan. Yeah, I can, I can see an Ethan Ricky Starks final. Yeah, you feel the same, Alex? Yeah, I do. It would have to be Ethan, wouldn't it? If MJF, well, well, unless MJF isn't winning first um, time Baskin. Exactly, yeah. Then it would make more sense for Ricky Starks to win to get a main event match versus the champion. Yeah, and it's that winter is coming, isn't it? The main event or the uh, championship match. Yeah. Yeah. So it's quite a short lead in time till the match. So, yeah. I think Ethan will probably get it and. Uh, it could be MJF's first title defense. I'm, I'm honestly not sure. I think Ethan could win it, or Ricky could win it. Like, I think it's a very like. It feels like they're going towards Ethan Page and MJF, but I'm not convinced MJF is going to win on his first try. I'm not sure. I don't know. I, I, I feel like I can't commit because I, whatever I say, I'm, I feel like I'm going to eat my words. I mean, it's going to be wrong in, in some, some form. If he doesn't win, they have to make it make sense. And yeah. not just because AW are very, very guilty of unnecessarily extending storylines. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's very true. And if they don't pull the trigger on MGF at this pay per view, there has to be something that is gonna fill like three months of paper or in between this and the next pay-per-view that's actually going to be a good, interesting story. Yeah. Because the MGF's, MGF's journey to the title has already been what, like three years. I suppose so. But as a face, as a face it's a very short amount of time. So I'm, I'm wondering if they want to chuck some more adversity in there or not. Because it's so interesting to for him and Mox in the sense Mox is... It's, not that like baby face, baby face doesn't work, but like that's a very torn crowd with Mox and MJF. Like that's a very like if MJF is is the full face and the people are behind him as they are. Like it's a very interesting reaction to to the people from the people in the arena. Like which kind of way does that much end up going? I think it it could end up with a similar sort of um, crowd with um, between like CM Punk and Mox at the last pay per view, where the mm. crowd were a little bit torn and swung both ways throughout the match, kind of thing. I think it's, it'll be interesting because MJF hasn't really worked any matches as a face. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I can. I mean, apart from when he was sort of uh, Cody's number two, which was a weird time. 
Um, but even then, he was sort of playing nice to Cody, but the heel to everyone else. I loved that so much. I, I so did I. <laughs> so did I. I was so happy when he threw in the towel on Cody. <laughs> I was just, just like, yes, do it. Um, yeah, I'm curious to see like that if that is a hundred percent his persona going forward, like. Can he do it? I think he. The people are behind him, but can. But does it work? I don't know. I don't know if he wants to do it. I don't know if he wants to be the good guy. Yeah. No, I think it's pretty well documented that he prefers being the antagonist. Yeah. He is very good at it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they they say it's more fun to be the villain. It's much harder. Like most, like you listen to any wrestler interview, you know, it's so much harder to be a face than it is a heel. Like there's so much you can do as a heel, and the consequences are so different compared to to being a face because people are so fickle. Yeah, I think there are some people that naturally gravitate towards being a face, like um, mm. Rio. Yeah. Yeah. Generally speaking, I think it's easier to be the um, the heel than the face. Although Hangman's a pretty damn good face as well, isn't he? Oh yeah, but he's was. I would love to see Hangman go full heel, like as who he is now, like as part of the Bullet Club. Like he was, he was a great part of it, yeah. and he was a great heel. Like he did a lot of like smaller heel um, programs, and to to have him be like absolute goblin mode on the the level he is now, I would love to see so much. Yeah. I don't think he's done that since. Was it when he was in Ring of Honor? Yeah, because he was, you know, Bullet Club uh, was still very much, you know, um, they had the divide at that time, I think. And Hangman was on the Cody side, which was like the the, the much more heel side. Yeah. Um, I I don't think Hangman was really, apart from until the the elite were like, we're the elite, we're not the Bullet Club anymore. Yeah. he was very much just continuously a, a heel throughout that time. Yeah, it's something that I would really like to see. Yeah, I would. Yeah, love, I think it'd be good. Yeah, I would love the elite all together being terrible people. <laughs> I would love to see it so much. It's going to be a very difficult sell, isn't it? Now, like they've been teasing the elite, the um, sort of Anos kind of. Um, snapping them out of images and stuff like that. It's going to be really difficult to sell them as heels after everything that's gone down. Yeah, I mean, what do you guys think of those those teasers? I mean, they're pretty clear on who they're teasing to come back, and I think they've been well done. But yeah, just interested to see where they're going to come back to. Is it going to be the trios or is it going to be individually? I think that they'll end up having a match of death triangle. Uh, uh, full mm. gear. Yeah, I mean those belts are m- m- made for that. They're literally on the plates. Like it- it's <laughs> pictures of them. It's like doing like super kicks. Like it, it. Like the belts are are definitely gonna go back to them. I, I the the teasers. I'm. I don't. I trust that it's going somewhere and that it will make sense and it'll be good. Um, but I don't love them. I'm kind of, they feel a little, I totally get what they're going for, but at the moment it just feels a bit disconnected for me. And I'm kind of like, I can see, you know, whose, whose hand is that that's editing them out. 
is kind of some of the rhetoric but it's also kind of like I don't I have faith that it's going somewhere but my mind isn't like oh who's at who's editing them out like I they just kind of make me sad that yeah that are we gonna see are there. we gonna see Tony Khan as Vince McMahon circa year 2000 <laughs> I fucking hope not um I don't know yeah. every promo Tony Khan has cut has just been like B movie hilariously bad. So I hope not. Yeah, no. He, it's so funny when he like comes out at like the beginning or end of shows. He's just like like a like an endless stream of words and energy, just like all in one go. <laughs> like he's just like he's at a one hundred, and then like it, it just stops. Um, the guy has so much energy. It, it's it's crazy. He, he uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad he doesn't come out that often, but he's definitely an important part, I feel, of, of the things that happen. Yeah. yeah but I presume that's where they're going with the vignettes, is that they're implying that it's Tony Khan who's maybe. holding them back or rubbing them out of history. Or maybe it could, might turn out to be Adam Cole. Yeah, possibly. Um, because, well, it's kind of like they're not... One sad thing is that they won't be able to run... Uh, the Undisputed Era versus the Elite. That's kind of down the drain now. Um, but they could do the Kingdom versus the Elite, I guess. Yeah, I feel like that's not as... It's not as good. Like, no, it's, I agree. It's, you know, I, I love the Kingdom, but I don't think they're the same level as Fish and O'Reilly, but yeah. Yeah, or like, it'll be, it, I think they need to sort of... Because I think there was going to be like a, a Kenny Adam feud down the line. It was going to happen, but perhaps not this way. Or maybe it will have to be this way, sort of going forward. Because I I don't know where Adam kind of slots in now unless he comes back with Kyle. I don't know. Um, he seems to still be out. I don't think we're going to see him for a while. I think, yeah. Kyle, I think I read Kyle was out for a year, possibly. Oh, really? Oh, that's um, so sad. I yeah, Riley's him. had a really bad injury. It was a neck injury, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, and he's out for, I think the quote was, out for at least a year. Wow. Gosh. So many big players just like, bloop, gone. Yeah. But they've done very well in their yeah. absence, to be fair. Um, even the shows without the elite. Um, have been actually some actually since the elite have been gone the and punk they've been the best shows of the year. Yeah, um, I I feel like like again, Mox has has really stepped up in, into that space. Yeah, I'm not the biggest Jericho fan, but I appreciate what he's doing, and I I appreciate what they're they're trying to fill time with the the Ring of Honor stuff. It doesn't doesn't inspire me as much but i no. but i see what they're going for and I, there are definitely worse things that could could be filling filling that time yeah and it should be a good match at full gear shouldn't it the four-way with sammy claudio and uh brian as well so it should be an interesting match that i wish i could take i'm, I'm not i would take sammy out of that equation <laughs> yeah you, you would but you know, it's going to be interesting from a storyline point of view because Samuel should be trying to help Jericho and yeah, no, take Samuel out of that match and I'll be there. 
I like I like the the past Ring of Honor champions thing. I think it works really. Like, I find it quite cool that these people are these people are popping up and popping in. Um, but it does feel like Jericho's stories just like run and run and run and just keep going and like kind of have no end. That's um, because they insist on having him on every yeah. week. And yeah. And it results in zero pacing. But I don't know. I've enjoyed what they've done with Garcia. Like, I think that um, that's been one of the better sort of stories throughout uh, 2022 for AEW. But, and while I'm enjoying the matches and the moments from Ring of Honor, Jericho sat like trying to sully the name of Ring of Honor on AEW TV for me is like really, really low impact stuff. Mm. Like, I'm absolutely not engaged with it at all. In, in contrast, in an exciting feud is Tony Storm and Jamie Hazer and, yes. and getting to see them fight for that interim title is so exciting. Like that's the kind of stuff like I really, really want to see. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of both of them from watching them quite a bit on Pro Wrestling Eve and just great to see them both where they are. I think it's got to be Jamie Hayter's time, even though it's only for the interim title. I think Jamie's got such a groundswell of fan support with the last pay-per-view. I think this is going to be her big moment. I hope so. AW have, again, like another fault of theirs is not pulling the trigger at the right moment. The last one was the acclaimed and Smart our Glory at the last pay-per-view. They should have pulled the trigger then. While I think Hater should win, I'm half expecting her to lose, but then when winter is coming. Oh, winter is coming. I think, yeah, I I actually don't expect Jamie to win this one. I think, I think, I almost think Tony is not going to drop the interim title. And I think they've got time to pull the trigger on Jamie. I think she's only going to get more momentum and bigger. Yeah. And you could do it, but also... I think it's better just to keep that that interim title on Tony Storm rather than move it around in different Tony's places. Tony's bringing credibility to the title. Exactly. That, through no fault of the divisions, was lost uh, during Thunder Rose's reign. Yeah. So have it, having that someone with the presence that Tony Storm has and the ability to put on good matches with anyone, while I think that maybe the time is kind of right for Jamie Hater, it's not right for the division to to switch it. Yeah, and I think Jamie deserves, you know, title, title time to develop a real story. Like, this is Tony telling her story with the interim title. And you can also really, like, people will... I don't think Tony Storm has that much depth going on in her character right now. Whereas Jamie Layer, Jamie Layer, Jamie Hater keeps adding layers um as time goes on and so i think that is better further down the line when we're back to a non-interim situation and we just keep tony going on this trajectory of of building this stuff having these great matches with almost anyone um and sort of adding her adding to her layers in that way and when do we think the interim title no longer becomes an interim title because for me, it's now been too long of not having a fighting yeah. champion and having this interim label. It happened with Mox as well, and I'm just not a fan of that kind of yeah, it definitely, uncertainty. 
Yeah, it feels like they really nipped it in the bud for the men's division and they've Tony's just gone, Tony Storm's great, we'll just keep going with Tony Storm. Rather than being like, Tony Storm's great, let's just give Tony Storm the actual title. because I don't think they really had a choice with the men's division, though. Yeah, I suppose. The champion was someone who's about to get fired. Yeah, that is true. That is true. (laughs) But it has had such a more positive effect with more, with the, just yeah. moving on for that interim situation that I really feel like the women's division could benefit from that as well. I mean, if she's not going to be back anytime soon, I think um, maybe they should have Rosa cut a promo where she vacates the, prom- the championship. Yeah, and because... guarantee the first sort of title shot when she's fully recovered, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. That's, that's okay. I mean, I get the whole interim championship thing it's fine it carries the division it gives like stories prominence and stuff like that but i don't really i don't really mind the, the like concept of an interim champion i just think that when rose has been out for two months with injury maybe that is too long i guess she could be back from it coming. feels it feels like longer i don't know why i don't i don't know if that's a good or a bad thing but i i feel like it was longer than that i mean do you yeah think- do you think Thunder comes back in and gets the championship back? Like, no, I can't. I can't see her getting it back. That would be like the wrong kind of reset for the division. Yeah, like, I think um, Tony Khan absolutely fucking murdered her credibility as champion. By, oh, yeah. Like, not put it. She she was on for like four minutes between the two pay per views. Like. Yeah. There are songs that are la- that are longer than her active t- uh, title reign. God, like, yeah, difficult like, position for her. I don't know. They need. I think she needs to actually put a run together before she gets the championship again, because like she is one of the best in the division, so she deserves to be up there. But yeah, like I think she needs a little bit of a reset before that happens again. Both on the other side of the women's division as well. We've got Soraya and Britt Baker kind of doing this, will they, won't they? And also, like, I don't know about you guys, but, like, I totally get what they're going for. They have this kind of, this uh, ideologies that that don't me and and whatever. They instantly beef because they're different personalities as their personas. But I'm really tired of these segments where they achieve nothing (laughs) like they have like a a talk and they're like we'll talk about it next week or they kind of chat and crap about each other yeah like it, it feels like it's been going on where we're not nothing's moving forward uh that's a hallmark of aw storytelling and they've got nothing to put in between yeah I am just happy to see Surya get find her groove again, um, mm. and I think maybe those that's kind of what the segments are for. But um, they are also very fast forward worthy. Yeah, it feels like Surya should have come back a lot closer to the pay per view because this was going to be the match they were building to, so they didn't have to have several weeks of segments where, as you say, the storyline doesn't seem to go anywhere. But they obviously don't want Soraya to have a match before this one. They need this to be her debut. So it's quite difficult for them to fill out the story in a way that leads you to want to see them fight. 
Yeah, yeah. Like, it definitely feels like I think Renee, by the way, is a, a excellent addition to AEW. Yes. Like she gives segments so much purpose and like there's so much more um focus now because there is like Renee in there leading it to a point. Um but it it's seemingly Soraya is gonna wrestle again? Yes. Well, she she is. I mean, I went to the show her family did last month and she was the guest referee in the main event and she got physical with some of the other wrestlers in that. Oh, okay. I she didn't take environment. Yeah, she didn't take any like hits herself, but she did throw quite a lot of forearms and stuff that she wouldn't have done if she wasn't cleared. So um, I yeah. think she's definitely going to wrestle, but... They can't be building a feud between two people if one that of them can't wrestle yeah. <laughs> you say this i mean honestly that would like be peak aw storytelling of 2022 but yeah surely not there could be another match in the dentist office again <laughs> i've tried to put that in my memory but yeah oh my god that was awful oh I- that segment they had a whole dentist office built and stuff yeah i you know what i didn't love those segments they were often very messy but i very much appreciated what they were trying to do that was like the, the wonderful thing about daily's place they had to think on their feet and oh, it resulted yeah. in some of the best moments that we've seen in aw just funny stampede like, stadium yeah. stampede was incredible and the second time they did it just just wasn't the same it no, was... the second one was good, but you'd seen the first one, and the first one was way better, so yeah. And um, Orange Cassidy ignoring a toilet brawl. Like... <laughs> <laughs> also the, um, what do you call it, the best friends versus Santana and Ortiz car park fight with Sue. Oh, yeah. That was that's such, that fight is so brutal as well. Like, isn't it like someone gets, like, pole-drived into a car? Doesn't Trent pole-drive yeah. either Santana or Ortiz into the car on it and like that's the end of the match yeah it was a great match it was one of the best matches that has been on their been on tv for aws absolutely excellent but yeah they let people experiment with things whether they were good or or they fell flat a little bit like doctors uh dr pitt baker's um was it the waiting room that it was called the waiting room that was it and that's yeah. when we first i think Maybe not the first time we met Jade. I think she probably had some VTs or something. But I remember Jade coming through for the first time and being like, oh, like, she she is different to everyone else. Like, her presence in that kind of chaotic space really, yeah. like, made Jade stand out in that moment. She was in the crowd for a few time, for a few weeks before that, wasn't she? Um, like, I remember. Yeah, yes, that's right. I remember her in the crowd, yeah. I do remember thinking, like, who the hell is that? And then um, she debuted in a, with a couple squash matches, which was really cool. I do think Jade, like, like she is, she's not giving, you know, anyone over in stardom a run for their money, that's for sure. No. But I think she's fucking great. I think she knows exactly who she is and what she does and hardcore delivers it every time. Do you see that puck, like, that um, Bigfoot, the other day on um, Dark. No, uh, but that no. kick is incredible. Fuck me, it nearly took her head off. 
Like, I didn't watch it, but I seen somebody just tweet saying pro wrestling is back. I was just like wondering, like, was she? <laughs> like, that was brutal. Um, but yeah, Nyla Rose, getting to see her do her like comedy bits on TV has been phenomenal as well. Yeah, d- Nyla Rose really getting to be Nyla Rose is, is fantastic because she's so funny on Twitter and charismatic and everything. And like, I don't think she ever got the opportunity to explore that before. No. And it's really fun to see it now. I, I don't think it's going to lead her to beat Jade in any way. No. Um, but I think it's, it's a fun place to put her. And it's good to hear her talk and not Vicky Guerrero talk all the time, who I think is a hilarious intrinsic part of, of what they do. But like, I'm like, hand the mic to Nyla. She knows like, she's going to do good. Yeah, I follow like five wrestlers on Twitter and one of them is Nyla. She's oh, the best. Really? She's, yeah, she's the best wrestling follow. Who's the? Who are the others? Oh, um, Jay White. Yeah, yeah, good one. Um, I honestly remember. Uh, <laughs> I, it's not just, Braun it's, Strowman. Absolutely fucking not. He's <laughs> <laughs> um, caused very controversy today. So, uh, um, of it's course, because he has. I try to avoid spoilers. Yeah. Um, because I don't get to see um, Dynamite before. Um, the next day, but there's always like spoilers up. But some people are, have just had fantastic Twitter game, and Nyla's at the top there. So getting, oh, her, yeah. getting to see that uh, on TV is fantastic because she's absolutely hilarious. Yeah, just just so good, and I like it's important to have the fun. Like you've yeah. got to have the fun in there, and she she brings it. Jade playing the sort of like straight man to that to her, um, like singing Jade as well is fantastic. Because she's yeah. got that kind of like stoic sort of anger to her, which is great. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, again, it's another example of, of Jay just knows who exactly who she is and what she needs to do. Yeah. And I think the baddies really help in terms of they add something, they give options for interference, they distract, and they're good to build up a feud in that they can get involved in matches with her future opponent. And then Jay comes and beats that opponent. Exactly. I do hope that they use this to build like Kira Hogan and Red Velvet because, well, Kira Hogan especially is really, really good. I hope that there that more comes from it than just a, uh, you know, the eventual big loss for Jade. Yeah. Um, have they been holding off till Statlander comes back? Actually, I think maybe, maybe that's where that's going. Um. It's difficult to tell because I thought Athena was going to take it. I was like, it's happening. It's definitely happening. Um, and it didn't. So it feels like maybe it, it is a, a a waiting on, on Statlander situation. Yeah, she unless they was... sign someone else. That's the other possibility. But Stop signing people. <laughs> like, oh, well, already dear. got about 50% of the locker room pissed off because they're not getting on TV. Just stop it. You've got enough toys already. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, that's why I was like, where does Juice fit in? Like, signing Juice, like, where does where does Juice fit in in this division? Where does he go in, in this He provides a valuable service to people watching wrestling. Like, it is important to be able to have a toilet break. <laughs> that's harsh. <laughs> and with that, Alex, do you want to take us out? <laughs> Sorry. He seems like a really nice guy. <laughs> 
Hey man, you do you. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yep. Thanks for listening to All Elite listening today. You can check out other podcasts on the Wrestling Network, Fight of Five, Flight of Five, Noob Japan, The Ocean Cyclone Show, and simply search wrestling wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can find me on Twitter at Alex Alex underscore M197 and Libby at uh, at Libby underscore Cadman, where I'm neutral on Juice Robinson. Uh... <laughs> and Steve, where are you? Where can we find you? And I'm at Steve Howard 72. 